Warriors. Welcome to Sports Plus Live Podcast, episode number 52. The 50... I forgot to look up who number 52 is. Hold on, everyone chill out. Everyone chill out. Let's go. Uh, fame. What is it? like? No, I want someone good here. I want someone good here. I hate to start it out this way. I was very unprepared, but I want to bring it up. Um... AJ Hawk? Oh, it, okay. It doesn't matter anymore. We're done here. Anyways, welcome to Sports Plus Life episode number 52 of Sports Plus Life podcast. I'm repeating myself um, because I'm excited. I'm excited this week, officially tomorrow, uh, the 17th of June, is the return of the Premier League. The Premier League returns tomorrow. I am very excited. I'm glad to have football back. Football that I like watching. I did watch... Um, the Copa Italia semifinals uh, a little bit, like last Friday. Wasn't that impressed. I watched um, Bundesliga. Bundesliga has been exciting. I think uh, Bayern Munich already wrapped up the title. Um, they also announced that they will have the Champions League. Uh, I think Final 16 is what it is. Uh, to return in like an 11-day tournament. Hold on. Everyone chill out. Let me pull this up real quick. I forgot to talk about that, but I want to look it up because um, uh, Libsyn, so Portugal and Libsyn to host eight-team Champions League knockouts tournament. Um, take a look here. Uh, let's see. Champions League finals headed in Lisbon. August 23rd final. Cap 7 broadcast nights in a 12-day span of elite European teams playing knockout soccer. Well, that's going to be pretty exciting. I think this is really, really cool. Um, let me take a look here. Who are the teams? Um, those games also go to and are played without fans in the home stadiums of Barcelona by Munich. Europa League minute tournament is set to be shared. Champions League. God damn it. I don't, know, I don't know who the teams are, but that's still pretty cool. So August. What date is it say again? 23rd is the final. That's pretty cool. Well, Eight-team tournament spanning 12 days. They're going to play it out, man. That's, that's, I think that's going to be pretty fun. Almost a la like a little baby World Cup. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. But Premier League is back up and running. Um, tomorrow, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United will kick things off. 11 a.m. Mountain Time. So it'll be what? 2 p.m. 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Manchester City. Versus Arsenal, that'd be another good one, one fifteen, um, and then also Friday is when they start up again. Uh, Norwich City against Southampton, and then Tottenham Hotspurs versus Manchester United. You know I'm gonna watch that for show. I'm gonna watch that for show. Um, I'm gonna have to like, like the last four to five minutes of work. I'm just gonna have to like ignore people, and I don't know. We'll see. Maybe my systems will go down. Who knows? Um, and then also Saturday, a bunch of other teams fighting. But that, we're kicking it off. We're kicking it off. Football is back. Um, obviously, with no fans, unfortunately. Hopefully, soon, there'll be a plan to bring fans back. Um, who knows what's going to happen because there's also a rise in coronavirus in the United States again. Um, and then, But it seems like a lot of states are still kind of slowly opening back up, um, staging things out for a return um, to somewhat be normal. Bars and restaurants are opening up. Um, you can get your beard trimmed and shit like that. Facials here pretty soon. I think this week by Friday, Thursday, Thursday, you'll be able to get them here in Colorado. Anyways, where I'm at, 
Um, but I'm excited. So what does the table look like? So this is what you have to look forward to right now in first place. I think it's Liverpool. Liverpool is going to go on and win the championship. I don't think there's anything, no doubt about it. Um, where's the table at? Damn it. Tables. Um, they call it tables, not standings. They're called tables. Um, I remember we talked about English, how they have different, uh, uh, different uh, sayings for certain things. Like, let's say he signed a new contract. They say he put pen to paper. Um, they didn't say he fell down. He's gone to ground. Stuff like that. Um, so Liverpool first, Manchester City second, uh, Leicester City third, Chelsea fourth, Manchester United fifth. And then you also have Wolverhampton right behind him at sixth, and Sheffield United at seventh, which is my surprise of the year. Sheffield United has come out and played, played very well, um, and they're obviously shown. I think they just they just got to the top-tier team. They just got promoted um, to the Premier League, I believe, which is pretty crazy Think about it. Um, maybe they're the reason a pandemic happened. Who knows? We're not going to know. Um, but oh, I need to see a chiropractor. Um, that fourth place is what everyone's battling for right now. Because you take a look at Chelsea. Chelsea at 48 points. Manchester United 45 points. Wolver, uh, uh, Wolverhampton at 43. And South uh, Sheffield United at 43. So they're still all within striking distance. Um, with, let me see, game played. I think there's like 13 games to play or something like that. No, not that many. Not that many games, is it? Games played, they play 52, right? Uh, there's something crazy like that. 13 games. Maybe? Um, let me find out, man. This is bullshit because I need to know my shit. Um, schedule. Fixtures. That's what they call it. Fixtures. See? Schedule. We call it schedule. They call it fixtures. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it looks like they have ten matches remaining. Uh, no, uh, nine. One of them that I'm counting here is a FA Cup for Manchester. So nine games remaining. Not too far off. So nine game nine games remaining, total twenty seven points up for grabs, um, and a lot those teams have to be perfect. Are probably gonna have to be perfect from here on out. Um, Chelsea's gonna have to keep winning because you got three or two or three points ahead of Manchester United. You slip up once, um, that's the fourth place for you. Um, I'm sure Leicester City um, is fine. I don't see them dropping any more points or any more. Um, significantly to where, I mean, they're at 53 points, so they have a pretty comfortable lead ahead of Chelsea, but you never know. Anything could happen, um, just like Leicester approved in 2016, which I will never let that down because I forgot to put that on Sports House Live podcast episode number 15, I believe, the decade in review. I forgot to add that in 2016. I also forgot to add Kobe Bryant uh, retiring, I believe, which still hurts. It hurts, man. That shit hurts, me, especially after what happened this year. Um, I'll never live it down, but it is what it is. Got to keep moving. We're going to keep plugging away. We're going to keep sports plus lifing. Um, but yeah, we're going to do that. Um, I am excited, man. I'm excited because I love the premier league. I think it's one of the best leagues in the country. Um, La Liga came back in the country, best leagues in the world. It is the best league in the country. Like literally, um, (laughs) um, Liga came back. Match uh, Barcelona won four zero. That's all I really saw. I didn't see anybody else. I think Real Madrid won as well with one or two zero. I can't remember. Um, so soccer slowly coming back. That's good. Um, 
Now, we're going to get, I was going to talk about something else, but I think I'm going to transition somewhere else. This week, um, just yesterday, this week actually, um, Manchester United's uh, Marcus Rashford, where the hell is it? Um, um, penned a letter to Prime Minister Boris Johnson, I think is his name. Hold on real quick. But the Parliament in general is what it says here. Mark Sasha speaks of experience with childhood poverty to be made for free school. Um, this is what a letter reads. It's a pretty long one, two pages, but I'm going to read it because I think we have to put this in context. To all MPs in Parliament, um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to read it. On a week that would have opened Euro 2020, I want to reflect back 27 May, May 2006, 27 May 2016. When I stood in the middle of the Stadium of Light in Sunderland, having just spoken to record of uh, having just broken Jesus the record for the youngest player to score in his first senior international match, I watched the crowds waving their flags and fist pumping the three lions on their shirts, and I was overwhelmed with pride, not only for myself but for the, those who have helped me reach this uh, moment and achieve my uh, dream of playing for the England national team. Understand, without the kindness and generosity of the community I had around me. There wouldn't be the Marcus Rashford you see today. A 22-year-old old black, a 22-year-old black man, luckily enough to make a career playing a game I love. <clears throat> My story to get here is all too familiar for families in England. My mom, because there's nothing. My mom, his mom. He says mom. M U M. We say M O M. Just differences. Um, worked full time, earning minimum wage to make sure we always had a good evening meal on the table, but it was not enough. The system was not built for families like mine to succeed regardless of how hard my mom worked. As a family, we relied on breakfast clubs, free school meals, and the kind of actions, uh, the kind actions of neighbors and coaches. Food banks and uh, soup kitchens were not alien to us. I recall very clearly of our visits on Northern Moor to collect our Christmas dinners every year. It's only now that I really understand the enormous sacrifice my mom made in sending me away to live in digs, age 11, a decision no mother would ever make lightly. Um, this summer should have been filled with pride once more. Parents and children waving their flags, but in reality, Wembley Stadium could be filled more than twice with children who have had to skip meals during lockdown due to their families not being able to access food. Um, 200,000 children, according to Food Foundation estimates. Um, as their stomachs grumble, I wonder if those 200,000 children would ever be proud enough um, of their country to pull on the England national team shirt one day and sing the national anthem uh, from the stands. Ten years ago, I would have uh, been one of those children, and you would have uh, you would have heard you would never have heard my voice and seen my determination to become part of the solution. Um, as many of you know, as lockdown hit and schools were temporarily closed, I partnered with food distribution charity Fair Share to help cover some of the free school meal deficit. Whilst the campaign is currently distributing the million uh, meals a week to those most vulnerable across the UK, I recognize it's just not enough. This is not about politics. It's about humanity. Looking at ourselves in the mirror and feeling like we did everything we could to protect those who can. Or uh, for whatever reason or circumstance, protect themselves. Political affiliations aside, can we not all agree that no no child should go going be going to bed hungry? I agree with that. Uh, food poverty in England is a pandemic that should that could span generations if we don't course cor, uh, course correct now. Whilst 1.3 million children in England are registered for free school meals, 
One quarter of these children have not been given any support since the school closures were ordered. We rely on parents, many of whom who uh, have seen their jobs uh, evaporate due to COVID-19, to play substitute teacher during lockdown, hoping all their children are going to be for, uh, focused enough to learn with only a small percentage of their nutritional needs met during this period. Uh, this is a system fa failure, and without education, we're encouraging this cycle of hardship to continue. To put this pandemic into perspective, 2018-2019, 9 out of 30 children in any given classroom were living in poverty in the UK. The figure expected to rise by an additional 1 million in, by 2022. In England today, 45% of children in black and minority ethnic groups are now in poverty. This is England in 2020. England in 2020. So, I don't know. I'm not called as a... In, Black people are being held down all over the country, all over the world, um, especially in the United States right now. Um, and that's what we are fighting for. That's why people have been protesting all week. Um, just just to be equal, just given the same equal rights. Um, and, you know, and here in the United States, we look at it. We're like, oh, we have these problems. We're about all this problem. But our problems span out everywhere in the world. Um and you saw by the overwhelming support Black Matter, Black Lives Matters movement got um, during the protests, France, Australia, New Zealand, um, England, of course, London, the UK, um, all down to Mexico as well. I believe they were protesting in Mexico as well. Um, so we got the Black Lives Movement is just not in the United States; it's everywhere. Um, but let me. Uh, let me continue here. I'm asking you, Marcus Rashford continues, I'm asking you to listen to the parents' stories as I have received thousands of insights from people struggling. I have listened when fathers have told me they are struggling with depression, unable to sleep, worried sick about how they are going to support their families, having lost their jobs unexpectedly, um, head teachers who are personally covering the cost of food packages for their vulnerable families after the school debit card has been maxed out, uh, mothers who can't, another problem, that's another problem. Our teachers here are underpaid. It's the same thing. Teachers here are coming out of their own pocket to pay for supplies. And who knows what's going to happen when, if we are able to return from this pandemic with a lot of people not being able to work, a lot of people not having the money, what's going to happen? There's a big long lasting effect from the coronavirus. Um, just so much shit going on in 2020. I wish we could fucking erase it. I wish black, uh, men in black would come with that fucking pen and just erase it. Um, um, maybe they lost their jobs unexpectedly. Um, back to mothers who can't cover the cost of increased electricity and food bills during the lockdown, and parents who are sacrificing their own meals for their children in 2020. It shouldn't be a case of one or the other. I've read tweets over the last couple of weeks where some have placed blame on their parents for having children they can't afford. Um, that same finger could have been pointed at my mom. Yet I agree, I grew up in a living and caring environment. Uh, the man you see stood in front of you today is a product of the love and care I have for friends. I have friends who are from middle class backgrounds who have never experienced a small percentage of the love I have gotten from my mom. A single parent who would have sacrificed everything she had for her happiness. These are the kinds of parents we are talking about. Parents who work every hour of the day for minimum wage. Most of them working in the hospi uh, hospitality, a sector which has been locked down for months. Um... Um, during this pandemic, people are existing on knife's edge, uh, are existing on knife's edge, 
One missed bill is having a spiral effect. The anxiety and stress of knowing that poverty is the main driver of children ending up in care, a system that is designed to fail low-income families. Do you know how much courage it takes for a grown man to say, I can't cope or I can't support my family? Men, women, caregivers are calling out for the help and we aren't listening. I also received a tweet from an MP who told me this is why there is a benefit system. Rest assured, I'm fully aware of the universal credit scheme, and I am fully aware that the majority of families applying rare experience five-week uh, five delays. Um, universal credit is simply not a short-term solution. I also know from talking to people that there is a two-child-per-family limit, meaning someone like my mom would only have been able to cover the cost of two of her, child, uh, two of her five children. In April 2020, 2.1 million people claimed unemployment-related benefits. Um, which I think is way more. I think it's way more here. Um, this is an increase of 850,000 just since March 2020. As we approach the end of the furlough scheme and a period mass unemployment, the problem of child poverty is only going to get worse. Uh, parents like mine would rely on kids' clubs over the summer break, providing a safe place and at least one meal whilst they work. Today, parents do not have this as an option. If faced with unemployment, parents like mine would have been down at the job center first thing in Monday morning to find work, uh, any work that enables them to support their families. Today, there are no jobs. Um, as a black man from a low-income family in uh, Withenshaw, Manchester, I could have been just another statistic. Instead, due to the selflessness actions of my mom, my family, my neighbors, and my coaches, the only stats I am associated with are goals, appearances, and caps. Um, so goals, appearances, and caps. Goals appear how many times you appear for uh, your your uh, club, and caps how many times you appear for your country. Um, I'd be doing myself, my family, uh, doing myself, my family, and my community an injustice if I didn't stand here today with my voice and my platform and ask for your help. Um, the government has taken a whatever it takes approach to the economy. I'm asking you today to extend that same thinking to protecting all vulnerable children um, across England. Uh, to protect all vulnerable children across England. I encourage you to hear their uh, pleas and find your humanity. Please reconsider your decision to cancel the food voucher scheme over the summer holiday period and guarantee the extension. This is England 2020. This is an issue that needs urgent assistance. Please, while the eyes of the nation are on you, make the U-turn and make protecting the lives of some of our most vulnerable a top priority. Yours sincerely, Marcus Rashford. And so... Um, <clears throat> You know, this, this isn't England, this is London, UK. And a lot of people think that London and UK are a way better spot here than the United States. But you could just listen to the letter, what I just read you. You could go ahead and read it. It's online on his Instagram. Uh, Marcus Rashford, 22-year-old. He's still a kid. He's still a kid. And... um yeah, you know, they're still having the same type of issues we are. This is a worldwide issue. Um, it seems like blacks aren't treating the aren't treated the same. Um, low income families are are set up to um, to fail. Um, and the one thing I mean, the reason why I brought this up, the reason why I read this letter. Because with this letter, Boris Johnson, who's the prime minister, or I don't, don't know what you call him over there. Um, he, let me pull it up because I feel stupid. Just not. Um, Boris Johnson. Prime minister of the United Kingdom. So kind of like the president. 
I guess. Um, let's take a look here. Let me pull it up here. Probably Boris Johnson. So it'll pull up. Universal Boris Johnson scraps overseas apartment. Boris Johnson fellow releases. So, um, what uh, Marcus Marcus Rasher tweeted? I don't even know what to say. Just look at what we can do when we come together. This is England 2020. And so I read that when I woke up this morning, and I was like, well, "What is he saying?" So I looked into it because I saw he put out the letter yesterday. I didn't read it till just right now, actually, just before I got on. What he did um, was use his platform to to make a big difference. This is huge for a lot of low-income families who can't, you know, for, you know, you know, poverty-stricken families, people who rely on, um, on these type of, uh, these type of programs, these school, free school lunches. Um, so I don't know where it is over there. I think what, what he was talking about vouchers and I think you were needed to pay for vouchers to get food and somebody just can't afford them. I, if I, I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, what that was, um, but what I know here, even um, even here in the United States, there's a school not too far from my house. You could you you were able to before you know last summer, if you um, if you wanted, you go in there and eat breakfast, take the kids eat breakfast if you needed to. Um, I think they did lunch as well. Um, but what he did was use his platform, he used his stardom to make a change. He, he didn't go, he wrote, this is something he wrote directly to the prime minister. He didn't go to Twitter, Instagram. He went in, made the change himself. This went directly to him. Any prime ministers in general. Um, and he made that change. That is huge. That is someone giving back in a huge way using his platform. The reason I bring that up and the reason I brought up Marcus Rashford using this platform is that the NBA right now is slated to start next month, I think the 20-something, 21st, can't remember. I have it up right here. Hold on, before I start lying to you guys again. Um, July 30th. July 7th is when everyone travels to Orlando, so they're going to be there for a while. Um, so, Kyrie Irving... Bradley Avery and Dwight Howard all expressed their concerns of coming back due to the fact that there's bigger fish to fry. Due to the fact there's bigger fish to fry in social injustice, Black Lives Matters, um, and just equality for people of all color. I totally agree with them. I've, I totally agree with them. I do feel like there is a bigger fish to fry. Um, that playing basketball will just... Um, kind of dis- create a distraction from the bigger picture, from the bigger issue at hand. I get that. Um, I think Lou Williams has also come out and said that. Um, but at the same time, what Mark Rashford is use his platform. Um. Oh, jeez, who put that out? I tweeted it. I don't remember who put it out. I gotta find it. I just retweeted it the other day. I'm not live. You guys can help me out. Um, Let me take a look here. Hold on. 
This is bothering the shit. I, I just, I'm drawing blanks. I'm getting old, guys. I need help. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. And by the way, when I'm talking about this right now. I'm looking this up. I want to, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think Adam C. Silver, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, he deserves props because no one else will stand by his players like Adam Silver has. Um, when the coronavirus happened, it was Adam Silver who said, we're not fucking playing anymore. Um, we're cutting this off. They cut it off. They cut the season off right before tip-off of the Oklahoma of the Oklahoma City and Utah Jazz game, I believe is what it was, in Utah. They were like, nope, we're not doing this shit anymore. Um, you guys are done till further notice. And they're like, well, we ain't going to talk about shit until May 1st. So they were like a month and a half before everything even talked about. So he nipped it in the butt for a lot of these players, um, which mad props to him. And that whole China thing, I think it was Hong Kong is what it was. I think LeBron James spoke out about something. And then they were like, or it was a Houston Rockets. I can't remember what it was. It was Houston Rockets owner. I don't remember what it was, um, but he stood behind his players. He's like, well, we're not fucking coming over there. I don't give a shit how much money we'll lose. You guys are in disrespect. We, we have, uh, we, we can say whatever the hell we want over here. Um, it's whatever. We don't even have to do business with you. I don't care how much money we lose. Um, Adam Silver, that guy's a G, man. That guy's an OG. Mad props. You see his dap game? His dap game is strong, too. You know what I'm saying? He has good slap and uh. So shout out to Adam Silver, man. One of the few, um, one of the few good guys, you know, as far as leadership in sports. So right now you see, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Baseball. I have pulled up here too, I think. Um, no, I don't. Matt Harm. Harm. Um, MLB dude. I am like spinning because I. Had, um, let's see here, commissioner, the MLB commissioner Matt. Fuck's his name. He's a douchebag. Uh, where's he at? Um, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? What's his name? It's right here. Oh, Rob Manfred. I was way off. Rob Manfred. Um, I think it was being, I think Manfred, because it's only my friend Matt Mansfield. I think that's what I was thinking about Matt. Rob Manfred. By the way, Matt, Matt, shout out to Matt Mansfield having a baby here pretty soon. Um, shout out to my friend Marcus, who just texted me yesterday. Um, let me know. He's happy. He's, he's expecting as well. Um, so shout out to all you guys. Um, happy early Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Um, to my uh, brother-in-law, Alan, uh, I'm just going to take a quick break. Uh, bro- my brother-in-law, Alan, shout out to my brother-in-law, Alan. Um, he is right now my favorite father because he brought in Zoe, my niece. So he right now, he's the best right now. And he'll get all the presents he wants that I can afford. And, um, <clears throat> but yeah, happy Father's Day to you. Um, my best friend, Mo, um, I'm go, I go on and on. Best friend, Mo, love you, buddy. Um, but happy Father's Day to all you fathers. Um, cause I think this is the only podcast I'm going to do this week. So, uh, happy father's day to all you fathers out there. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, Rob Manfred said, um, you know, he doesn't know when baseball is going to return him and the owners, um, are battling the MLBPA, the players. And, um, they're just at a standstill. They're just not going to, they just don't want to give the money that is promised to the players right now. You have someone like, um, Roger Goodell, who backpedaled 
bad this last week when all with all the black live black live uh, um, black live matters movement backpedaled hard saying they were wrong not listening to the players penalizing them for um, or you know look you know put them in a bad light for protesting kneeling the during the national anthem um, he backpedaled hard. So, I mean, Adam Silver is one of those good guys. Um, he's one of those good guys. And um, props to him. Um, but I, I forgot what I was doing here. Oh, yeah, I was looking up. Who was it? Oh, Austin Rivers. Hold on. I remembered. Now I remembered. Hold on, everyone. Hold on real quick. Let me take a look at what it says. Uh, Austin Rivers. Let me see what he says here. He did say bring up a lot of good points. And the reason why I brought up Marcus Rashford. Um so um, this is what Kyrie Irving said, I guess. Uh, I don't support going to Orlando, Irving said on the call, according to The Athletic. I'm not with systematic racism and bullshit, which doesn't lead, you know, doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. Um, but Rizzo responded that he was trying to find the correlation, punctuating that, the, punctuating that thought with the shrug emoji. Okay. I'm in the middle of an article. I don't know what it is, but this is what he said. Us coming back would put money in all of our um, pockets, being NBA players. Rivers continued, with this money, you could go help out even more people and continue to give more opportunity. More importantly, your time and energy towards BLM movement, which I'm 100% on board with because change needs to happen and injustice has has been going on for too long. Um, Rivers added that a lot of NBA players also in needed their paychecks, noting that Irving had made more money than 99% of the league. Rivers also wrote that the entertainment of the NBA provides can give some black kids hope and prevent them from maybe going out and getting in trouble. Due to the unfair and unequal environment, a lot of African-American kids are placed in. Um, Rivers expressed concern about the drastic financial implications of not resuming the season, including possible, possibly even canceling next year. I love Kyrie's passion, he said, uh, towards helping the movement. It's admirable and inspiring. I'm with it, but not at the cost of the whole NBA and players' careers. We can do both. We can play and we can help change the way black lives are uh, lived. Um, I think we have, uh, I think we have to, but canceling and boycotting returning re, uh, return does not do that. In my opinion, guys want to play and provide and help change. Um, but yeah, that's what he said. I think he made a great point. And for that very reason that Marcus Rashford put up, uh, Marcus Rashford went in there, put up his own money to help, and child poverty and child hunger is what he's trying to do. I've said this so many times. Um, we got to do better for our kids. I remember how many times I've said this. Father's Day coming up. A lot of fathers need to do better for the kids. A lot of families. We all got to do better for our kids. It you know it takes a it takes a village. I've said that before. I'd said it when we were talking about the NBA draft. It takes a village to make these players in the player when. When um, Joe Burrow comes in the league, he needs to have good coaches, good teammates around him, good um, leadership. He needs a great family, great friends. He, this all has to be has to be one to create a, an amazing player. It's just because you're chosen number one doesn't mean you're going to have number one years. Um, 
Case in point, like you know, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has had num- was chosen number one, but hasn't had the number one quality of years. I mean, yeah, the first season came out, they went seven and nine, gave him a lot more wins than they had in the last three or four years before that. Um, now there's a higher level of expectation. Now you got to go more than seven and nine. I think they did the same thing seven and nine this year. Um, but the same thing, it takes a village. They've changed the team around them so much that you know three different head coaches, I believe. Um, Offensive coaches, offensive uh, OC, offensive coordinator, um, offensive line. Um, he's had better receivers, but he, everything has to gel, man. Everything has to gel. Um, but that's what I talk about. It's same thing goes in on life. Um, <clears throat> so many kids, like I said, it takes a village. Just like Marcus Rashford said. If it wasn't for, you know, my mom, um, it wasn't for... My neighbors, my coaches, um, you know, kind parents. I don't think, I don't know if I'd be here without them. It takes a village, guys. It takes a village to make change. It takes a village to to advance. And it takes a village, but I mean, we got to stick together. The NBA has to stick together in this case. NBA, Day, NBA is one of those predominantly black sports, probably way more than NFL, anything else. Um, I think they could be hurt. I think they use their voices. I think they use their platforms. P- press conferences, post, uh, post-game interviews, um, a playing in general, just action, just creating the action, just saying, listen, we can all do this. You can be here too. Let's start playing basketball. Let's start picking up a ball. Let's let's become better. Let's not put – It's let's try – to set different examples. So let's try to set better examples. Let's try to create a, a sense of positivity, a sense of urgency um, for everybody to do better. And it, and I've always said this before, it's sports it creates a kind of that distraction, but it also creates hope for a lot of people. Listen to Marcus Rashford's story. It just creates hope. It wasn't all sunshines and fucking Hallmark cards or hugs and Hallmark cards, whatever I said the other day on Twitter. Did you guys see that, by the way? Um, it's not always. People just think they get here and they're like, oh, they've always been that way. Oh, they've always had money. No, it's not like that. But people like LeBron James um, set great examples. Set great examples. The guy's done everything right. If you guys watched Dave Chappelle's episode, um, 846, I think is what it was called, on Netflix. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. Netflix is a joke. I'll try to post it in here. Um, just amazing. There's an amazing piece about it. He talked about LeBron James. He's done everything right. Um, he set a great example. Didn't have his father in his life. Uh, you know, wasn't always. It was a single family household, I believe. Um, but he did it. But it takes a village. I'm sure it just wasn't him. It was everyone on it. Coaches, players, teammates, friends. So my message really is, um, it takes a village. So we got to be that village to help our kids get out of fucking 2020. Your kids get out of 2020. Um, But we also need to fight. And fight for what's right. I hope that the NBA does return. I think it will return. I hope everyone plays that needs to play. Um, 
I was going to bring over Matt Barnes in, Kendrick Perkins said about, said about Kyrie Irving, but no point really. Um, if you want to, you can look it up. But, yeah, I agree. I think we need to return. I think we need to go back and we need to provide hope. I think we all need to provide hope. Not just NBA players, NFL players, but we all need to provide some sort of hope. Um, and it's it starts at the top. I've said this again. It starts at the top. Parents. We, you know, parent. I'm not a parent. Um, I'm an uncle. But I do my best to set a great example for my niece or any kids that come around me. That's my job. I, we got it. We got to do better for these kids. If any kids, any kids come up to me, ask me a question, I'm going to answer it to the best of my ability. Um, I want to provide this help. I love coaching. I coached before. I've loved coaching. Um, I love teaching. Um, but the best way that I've seen is lead by example. And I hope uh, Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, Bradley Avery come back and provide that hope for somebody, somebody like Marcus Rashford growing up. Um, that's all I hope. I just hope, hope, hope. Um, also, um, before I end this, I wasn't gonna get to UFC 250. I'll probably bring up a baby podcast for that probably tomorrow. Um, um, but that's it. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this and, um, I forgot what I was going to say. 250. 250. I was going to bring up by that. Um, but yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. Um, so let's, 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 let's become a village. Let's become better. Um, let's do better for the kids. Um, let's set a great example and, um, don't forget to vote. Primary is still happening. Don't forget November 2nd, which a lot of teams are going to, um, a lot of players, schools in general are setting a November 2nd, like blackout day to go vote. You have to go vote November 2nd. Um, you got to want to make a change. That's where we're going to make a change. Like I said, it starts at the top and that's what type of change we need to make. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sports Plus Live Podcast, episode number 52. I will see you episode number 53. Follow me on, by the way. Hold on real quick. Shout out to my boy, Billy. Matt Mansfield. Brother. That's what I was going to get to, but I went on a different path. Happy Father's Day um, to Billy as well um, and to everybody in general. But he made the shirt. I don't know if it was for me, but he made it, and I and I and he gave it to me. And uh, I like it. Straight out of quarantine because we're getting out of quarantine. We're getting out of quarantine and getting into sports. You guys go follow me, Sports Plus Life, Instagram and Twitter, M-R-A-K-A-C-O, Instagram and Twitter. Also, uh, M-R-A-K-A-C-O on Twitch, man. Follow me. I'm getting better at Warzone. I need teammates who aren't going <laughs> to hold me down. Shout out to my teammates, Lil Peasy, um, Coach, and uh, Pon. So, um, yeah, YouTube.com slash Sports Plus Life. And hit the follow, man. Hit the follow. Um Let's do this. Let's do this. Have a good week. I don't know. I might even have another podcast up. There's only one right now. Uh, I'm only going to do one. I can't ruin the Father's Day thing. I'll see you guys later. Later.